Hello, welcome to Relatable. This is your host, Teresa Freeman. I speak with Coach Meg Van Trees from Centerville High School in Northern Virginia. I truly love the opportunity to speak with my guests on Relatable. And after this conversation, I felt like Coach VT and I could be great friends. She sent me the loveliest note after this discussion, illustrating how thoughtful and kind she is. We have a lot in common in our desire and quest to help others to see their best self and celebrate their unique strengths. Coach VT grew up knowing that she wanted to be a teacher. Inspired by our parents and their dedication to teach and positively impact students, she was driven to do the same. In college, she was exposed to and became obsessed with kinesiology, the study of the mechanics of body movements. Combining her love of education and that subject matter was just what she needed to make her dream to teach a reality. How has Coach VT learned from failure? What is her secret to reading the room? And how does she teach her students about necessary life skills? Stay tuned and you'll learn all this and more. Enjoy this episode. Yeah, I hear you. Well, welcome to Relatable. Thank, Thank you. you for agreeing to be on. Thank you for having me. You are uh, somebody that there's a lot. Sometimes I, I go through waves where I get a lot of recommendations, and you're one of those people that was like, you have to have Miss VT on, or Coach VT, or VT. I don't know. I was telling you when you were coming down, like, <laughs> what's the right? <laughs> I. It all started because I, I guess, like, when I first came into teaching, everyone was like, well, you have to have them call you Miss or Mrs. And I was like, I don't associate that with respect. And so I've always just like, I give respect and it, normally when it's given, it's received. And I was like, I've always treated kids, you know, like, yeah. like you're a human and deserving of basic human decency and respect. And so it just kind of became a thing where I was just like, I'm VT. Oh, so and there was like, yeah. it took away that pressure of like, oh, she's a coach or whatever. Yeah. Like, I like that. So easy too. I feel like it just kind of like takes off the, it's more of my like energy. We're just like, we're all people. Like, we're good. <laughs> That's it's funny you say that. One of the things that we, my sister did this, and I, I, I'm the youngest of five, and so okay. I have three older sisters and a brother than me. So I really got to benefit from my older sisters and, like, watching them parent and mm -hmm. even in their relationships. Like, I, I feel like I'm always, like, my success is on the back of all my <laughs> sisters. They're like, yeah, how is that? Is that nice for you? Um, constantly but, learning. Yeah, constantly learning. <laughs> But my, my, and they all did their own things, but I do remember with my oldest, like she always treated her kids like people. And I feel like we've, we sort of inherited that and we've tried to do that mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, yes, obviously there are certain things that you're going to kidify and, and like, you know, but generally they're just humans mm -hmm. and you just try to teach them or talk to them respectfully and it, as a person. And it, it does seem to work pretty well. It's, I mean, there's a reason that I have three yoga sections and I think it a lot of it just has to do with you know, like the personality of the teacher you yeah. know like it's not a class that everybody wants to teach or you know is able to teach just because you have to have like flexibility or the structure looks different or you know it's even to students because it's supposed to be a calm mm -hmm. like meditative thing and students mm -hmm. are crazy <laughs> They're a little high strong so yeah so the fact that you can get them to do 
do it. And I mean, this is going to be, this could be a whole thread that we just go down. It's so I talk about yoga. <laughs> yeah. The other thing I should share, because you might have some great insight for us. We, we do a lot of different workshops and I love okay. working with kids. I love mm -hmm. doing anything I can. And when I get that opportunity and we have a lot of this group of eighth graders that we work with a lot and there's 85 of them at one time that I'm trying to like do, make, do a thing, you know? Okay. And, um, it's hard. It's mm -hmm. hard to like get them all to, and, and they're, you know, relatively, I, what we found in this last thing that we did, cause we try to gamify it and make it interesting. They're either really quiet and attentive when you're doing the slides or it's mayhem. I can't, I can't find like the in between. So maybe we'll talk about that after. Uh, so tell me a little bit about your current day in the life, like what you do now. I know um, a little bit about you, but it's better to hear from you directly. Like what you're, um, First and All foremost, your, yeah. I'm a mom. I have a six-year-old. Um, she is, I like to look at her as a flame. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I get burned, but I don't <laughs> want the flame to go out. Yeah. Uh, you know, she sticks up for what should be fair and what shouldn't be fair. She likes to have rules. She is a, uh, I'm trying not to call girls bossy anymore, but she's uh, very assertive. We'll go with there assertive. There we go. She's assertive in what she says and what she wants, and that comes down to, you know, do you want to hug or kiss goodnight? No. Uh, and, you know, like just trying to have her be able to set boundaries at, you know, her age. So that's my first job yeah. is uh, raising her. Then um, next I teach. I teach three sections of yoga. I have one section of personal training or personal fitness. And then one section of 10th grade health and PE and driver's ed. And wow. then in the fall, or I guess it's all year, but primarily fall, I coach field hockey. So uh, on any given day, I'm pretty uh, usually up when the sun is up and <laughs> up way past the sun <laughs> going to bed. Yeah. Um, and then I'm a big believer in physical fitness, so I work out every day. I lift five days a week, and then I live at home with my parents. So I'm also, you know, a daughter, but also a roommate mm -hmm. of sorts. You yeah. Because when you get I'm 34, so I feel like once you get to this age, you tend to see your parents more as adults mm -hmm. rather than parents. Right. Uh, my sister lives in lives near me, so also a sister. I'm kind of, you know. Yeah, lots of different roles, lots of different hats. Yeah. We were talking before we started this that your parents were uh, teachers at my high school, <laughs> uh, which I think is so funny. And so it's like comes full circle. And um, a lot of my friends had your, your mom, I think, for English. I, I knew a couple of wrestlers, but... I feel like I, I, I remember your parents' names for sure. And then also just like, I think, you know, being a student and then thinking of two teachers getting together was very <laughs> exciting, like very like tea worthy, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, so when I heard, and Van Trees is not that, you know, it's not it's pretty unique. Yes. Name. And so, um, yeah. I just remember what, I think we were sitting in when my oldest was going through the driver's ed thing. Remember mm -hmm. we were all in the for that like mm -hmm. mandatory and I think maybe Partner that's yeah yes yeah <laughs> and uh it was a very and, I, and I'm sitting in a high school right so the whole thing for me is just very flashback it's so strange yeah but um and I I said this before too I'll say again though that all like now you know all my boys are I think mm -hmm. you just met the youngest one yeah but, I did um I went out of my way to, to introduce do, myself. <laughs> I was like, I know your brother, so I know I have to know yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a trend. You'll you'll find that. They're just I mean, they're all obviously different, but they've spoke very highly of you. And I know like 
you know, it's funny. Like I've had a lot of coaches on now. I've had a lot mm-hmm. of people from the school. I saw on. those. I was doing my research. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I think I love, uh, it's partly I'm drawn to coaches and athletes mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm drawn to uh, people in education. And, um, I'm also, you know, I'm just fascinated truly by like anybody in terms of how they navigate in their story. Like mm-hmm. I just find it so, you know, I'm just naturally curious about people. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but I also think I just have such an appreciation. So thank you, um, for, you know, your service in terms of education. One of my best friends is, um, I don't know if you know Leah Pulick, that name mm-hmm. sounds familiar, but she's at, um, Langley. I'm sure she had your mom, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she's, uh, she's a chemistry teacher at Langley and, you know, I just feel like there's just so much that you all do that probably is un, not unrecognized. I think people talking more about the value of teaching, but it just it's just a lot harder, I think, than um, people maybe even realize in terms of how much you guys are up against. It's really it's, it's crazy because this is now my 11th year. Yeah. And I thought that like my first year, my first three years were hard. And then once I got to five, I was like, OK, they kind of find my kind of found my groove. And then I moved schools. And mm-hmm. this is my now my sixth year at Centerville and it seems like still I'm like what like I, I mean can... and I and I love like I love problem solving so mm-hmm. being in a profession that allows me to do that incessantly is very mentally motivating and cool yeah um, just like you like learning about people yeah. I also genuinely enjoy learning yeah but it's it's true like it seems to like oddly get more difficult to navigate every year what do you find in terms of your between like the because you named a lot of different things in terms of the yoga, the health, and then PE, right? Are those all the three different things? And then and then fitness, like you have a like mm-hmm. a physical fitness. So how how does that work with like I don't know if you call it context switching, but like in terms of those different jobs, like do yeah. you have to operate differently? Are you always the same? Like how does that work? I like to think I'm a pretty genuine like who I am is yeah. what you get is what you. <laughs> Yeah, you see what you get and you get what you see. It's yeah. whether you're not always like, what was it? I told this to my mom and I was like, I realized I'm a very unique cup of tea and not everybody's gonna like me and that's okay. Like I just gotta live with that. Yeah. Like it's definitely different. So for yoga, it's um way more of a calming presence. You know, I it's always like, good morning, lovelies, how are we doing? Like very just like calming. And then personal fitness is way more like up end energy where I'm like, let's go, like. It's a great day to be alive. Like today, they came in. They're like, "Oh, did we get it just right? Thank you, most today." I was like, "No, today we're gonna spend. We're gonna spend practicing our gratitude for what our bodies are able to do by doing a workout." <laughs> and uh, they're like, "I was like, you're welcome." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and then in health and PE, it's a little bit more of the like kind of structured because it's tenth grade, you know. So I want to stay consistent with what everybody else is doing. So yeah, they get a little bit of like the silliness, but they don't really like it's a way more structured, I guess, mask of me. Mm-hmm. And think, you have to do the health part too. Mm-hmm. And how's that? Teaching I a bunch love, of, I love you teaching do? health. You do? It's the only, I shouldn't say this, but to me, it's the actual lifelong skill. Right. Like, yes, I True. still use math. Yes. I still use English. My mother might debate that one that I use it well, but when I look at it, like you can want to do all these things in your life, but you can't do any of them if you don't take care of, the body that you were given yeah you know like if you're not aware of what you're putting in your body or what you're leaving out of your body or what like if yeah. you're not physically well it's hard to be mentally well and it's hard to be intellectually and socially and emotionally well like 
obviously I get a little excited. No, but, like, it's awesome. I yeah. think that it's like it's so important, but I feel like it's kind of like overlooked as like, oh, we have medicine now, or we have surgeries now, or we have this now, and ultimately like. How did they at that age? How do you get them to? Because it's the the like sexual stuff, right? And you have to talk mm-hmm. about human development and all that. And it's co is it co-ed? Mm-hmm. So how do you manage that? Like, do, is there a way that you set the tone? You know what I mean? Like, how do you, you get it to, to where... You definitely have to set the tone. So it's like, because um, I imagine it would just be like... It's weird because... So I watched this Netflix series because I got really curious about teenagers at one point and why they are the way that they are. Yeah. And Netflix has this explained Ooh. series. Ooh. Uh, and one of them is the teenage brain. Oh, I'm watching it. Oh. It's... <laughs> I sat and watched um, it, I think, like three or four times. Okay. Like, yeah. Did I get that? Did I get <laughs> yeah, that? I'm like, yeah. Okay, how do I apply this? That um, the reason why teenagers are part of the reason they are the way they are is because their perception of how they are perceived is heightened during their teenage years. And so they become so kind of overwhelmed with what they look like, what they sound like, what they do. And now social media has, of course, exacerbated that because now it's highlight reel compared to reality that um, they think everyone thinks that they they think that everyone cares what they're doing doing when in reality and this is how how i normally start health you all think that way so are any of you worried about anybody else and they're all like (laughs) myself like you like yeah they're at the center um, of everything right yeah you know we have to couple we have to teach about a couple of topics that are controversial and that can you know kids on you know like right now their opinion is their parents opinion you know so they what however they were raised that's what they bring Mm -hmm. into the classroom um and it's really just setting the standard of we were all raised differently you know how we were spoken to what we're allowed to talk about what we're not allowed to talk about you know some of you feel comfortable talking to your parents or guardians about anything some of you won't you know just say hi you know and i'm like you have to as we enter this realm the best thing you can do is just understand you know, and understand that, like, my job is to educate you, not give you an opinion, not back your opinion, not argue with you. Like, my job as a teacher in this room is to educate you that there's all this information, and then what you do with it is what you do with it. Right, right. <laughs> so that's more of just... A little more objective, like, you objectify yes. it, or not uh, make it more objective, I guess, and more personal. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about your path to being a teacher. Did you always know you wanted to be a teacher? Uh, there's a little poster from elementary school where I drew myself, and I had uh, there's a picture of really? me. Really? I've always wanted to be a teacher. Um, I love that. Probably because my no. both no. my grandparents were both my grandparents were teachers. My parents were teachers. Or yeah, my mom just retired this past year, so wow, teachers for a long time. Go Highlanders! <laughs> I love it. I knew I wanted to teach, but when I got to college, I didn't know what I wanted to teach. Mm-hmm. And in eleventh grade, I had a highly impactful English teacher. Um, Greg Greentree, he, uh, I went to Westfield, I know, uh, I struggled, uh, we struggled, uh, we struggled at the, at the Ville with where I went, <laughs> um, and, how about you, do you feel like, because my friend Leah is at Langley, and we went to McLean, <laughs> and it is like, it's still like, I'm I always like, told him like, do I can't you bleed help. green, or do you bleed red, you know, 100%, I bleed blue, um, <laughs> but, um, I didn't really like reading up until that point, like, I would get frustrated, or bored, or I wanted to move, and I wish I could have more examples of like how he did it, but 
my 11th grade year was spent like falling in love with reading and learning and just absorbing information through that way. Um, and so I spent that whole year just like falling in love with reading and information. And then when I went to college, I went in under general studies. Mm -hmm. Where'd you go to school? Longwood University. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I realized, I was like, I want to be like him. You know, like, I want to be like my mom who can teach English so passionately that she's standing up on desks teaching Macbeth to get kids engaged and to like really feel the environment and like love learning. Like, I want to be like my dad in the wrestling room who, you know, it doesn't matter what, where he's going or what he's doing, like, there's respect established and community and like team and then I was like and I want to be like Mr. Greentree who mm. took a kid like me and was able to make me fall in love with something that he was in love with and through that I decided on kinesiology which is the study of the human body which I could talk for hours about <laughs> so did you know that like how did you determine that for yourself was that once you got to college mm -hmm. you figured that out and like did you so going in you were general and then you kind of mm -hmm. figured it out yep and then I started I took my first kinesiology class and I was like this is where I want to be like I yeah. was like this is something I just cannot seem to know enough about like mm -hmm. I everything I read I wanted to know more and I wanted more books and I wanted more videos and I had a million questions and I felt like there was never like one I guess like set answer yeah I've also learned I'm a little more of like a concrete learner. Like, uh huh. The body has like functions. Yes. <laughs> and I like to have kind of that. But then up. through you know kinesiology, I came through and got my concentration in PE or in health and PE. And then I stayed a year and I got my master's in adapted PE because I had fallen in love with special ed. Ah. And then far as far as kinesiology, like in terms of the science and, and I suspect some math and that, like, is it a hard major or did, because you were so interested and passionate about it, did it not matter? You know, it was, a, it was 160 hours. It's one of the most like time intensive, comprehensive majors you can mm -hmm. choose. But um, I mean, biomechanics was really hard. It was, oh, I just, mm. yeah. Oh, nightmares. Yeah, PTSD but, from that, yeah. But I I enjoyed what I was doing, and I could apply all of it almost immediately. And so, like, yes, it was really hard, but it didn't, like, in the moment it felt hard, but there was always the, like, not, like looking back, it's not like I was like, oh, my God, I died. Like, right. I didn't. Yeah. I was, like, looking forward to the next class or the next semester. Like, I had 8 a.m.s every semester, and I never missed one. Like, wow. I was that type of... <laughs> You know, like, did you okay, play sports <laughs> when you were in like I did you did I played soccer growing up and then in, when I was 13 I was introduced to field hockey at a Chantilly uh, field hockey and lacrosse camp and then I went to a bunch of Oakton uh, field hockey clinics as my parents went after McLean oh okay okay <laughs> and then um, my senior year or junior junior year Westfield started a crew team and so I ah. rode for two years. Um, and then in college, I made my own club team at Longwood, and we played D2 and D3 schools. For know. rowing or for? No, for field hockey. For field hockey. Uh -huh. So mm -hmm. is that the real passion is field hockey? Just, yeah. I, I, it's hard to beat coaching. 
Yeah. I mean, it really. I heard you guys had a great season this year. We did. We what? did. We're yeah. growing. We're growing. That's We're growing. <laughs> Is it JV and varsity sport? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many mm-hmm. How many kids typically do you have on a team? About 18 to 22. And then is that a hard process of, of the whole, like, do you cut people or not? I haven't, but I'm getting to, I'm getting to that point <laughs> where I'm naturally pretty competitive. And I think when you take over a program, you have to spend the first year kind of just observing, you know, right. see what the culture is and what you've been handed and this past year was a little more of a is this your first year coaching this is I just finished my second oh, okay. well yes second as a head coach yeah and then um next year will be kind of like the year where all the girls kind of know who I am and what we want as a program and what the culture like expectation is and that I think will be do a lot of people come in too I I, I feel like there's some sports like for instance um with lacrosse, you know, my, my Scott had played mostly basketball and soccer his whole life and then just kind of burned out and then found lacrosse like the spring of his eighth grade year. So mm-hmm. when he came to uh, Centerville, I'll say McLean, when he came to <laughs> Centerville, he really hadn't played much, but lacrosse seemed like they just took a lot of people that hadn't played mm-hmm. it and they kind of shape him. You know, is, is hockey, as the, I thought, I feel mm-hmm. like, I don't know why I thought that, but it's similarly where you might have a lot of girls come out that have never played it before yes we have a lot of girls that show up day one and have never held a stick yeah um that's good too to like for recruitment just so people know like I always think sports I've talked a lot about that on air I've even interviewed some young adults but I just feel like sports are such a great way to do a lot of the things that I am passionate about and learn Mm -hmm. you know in terms of how do you collaborate and how do you work together and the whole you know discipline all the things Mm -hmm. so I feel like super important knowing that field hockey is an opportunity if you don't have any background in it mm-hmm. or, you know, that it's a good, it's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get into, I went to the elementary school last year. Yeah. I went to Union Mill and we, uh, we taught field hockey to fourth, fifth and sixth graders. Oh, was it so fun? It was an absolute blast. Yeah. <laughs> um, the group of girls that went with me were spectacular. I mean, I planned most of it, but they were able to execute it flawlessly. Oh, that's um, that's so fun to have younger mm-hmm. people yes. teaching young people, right? Mm-hmm. It just makes such a difference. And it was cool to watch them base what they were doing. You know, like I had come up with a general station of like what we should be learning. Yeah. But I told them, I said, you know, if it's not working, I trust you to make adjustments. Like you know this sport, you know how to, you know, pro- make things uh, you know, progressive or make them less difficult. I said, I trust you to do that. And yeah. at one point I looked around and like almost was it half of the stations had changed Yeah. <laughs> where yeah. they had been altered to the different skill level. But that was a really cool experience just to be yeah. like, you guys, like I'm glad that you trusted yourselves to make, like to see that there was a problem and solve the problem, yeah. not sit here and be like, oh, look at coach, look at that, look at that. Like, right. no, you should be like, have some self-efficacy. <laughs> like, yeah. I love it. Okay. <laughs> So in terms of once you left college, was it easy for you to find a job right away? Relatable is sponsored by TFA Soft Skills, your one-stop shop for workshops, coaching, speaking, and soft skills development. If you'd like to hire Teresa, visit www.tfasoftskills.com for more information. Like, you know, is that a Fair, process? Fairly or, easy. Yeah. 
I um I had done rec pack for a bunch of years. Uh, this oh, is a summer camp done rec pack through Fairfax okay. County Park Authority. Oh, okay. Um, six week summer camp basically mm-hmm. in the schools. Um, I had ended with inclusion sites, so working with kids that have disabilities and like being in charge of those sites and what and all that stuff. So I kind of stayed connected with Fairfax County. Like I graduated, but then every summer I came back and worked for mm. them in some capacity. And then um, I got my first job at South County High School. Their DSA there was Leah Conti, and she is a uh, legend in oh. the field hockey world. Oh. Um, she's a phenomenal, phenomenal woman. And I saw that she was there, and I was like, I really want to be able to work for her. <laughs> and so I set up my set up my interview. I ended up uh, thinking that I left my wallet there, so I had to call back after my interview. <laughs> <laughs> in my true genuine form and be like hey i just left um i think i may have left my wallet there um they called me back a couple of days later and they're like we would love to have you and all of my weirdness apparently and uh and was your first job there special ed or was it straight no, it so it's just ha- so did you make a decision at some point, like I'm going to focus more on, because you said special ed was sort of an interest to you. Did you make a conscious choice to? At that point, I, my parents had said, you know, you're, you're out. You need to be out. Um, so moving back home wasn't really, <laughs> wasn't really right. an option. So I needed to find a job. Yeah. So I think at that point I just, so I had interviewed first... to be an itinerant, um, which is someone who's like in charge of all of the adaptive PE teachers and they mm. move around and kind of observe and, I was told I didn't have enough experience yet, which, fair, understand. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I'll go get experience, and I'll right. come back. Um, and given it was something you wanted to always do, right, like you knew since you were really young, mm-hmm. tell me about the reality of being a teacher. This is, like, great information, I feel like, for people that think, think it's going to be a thing. Like, and the way you're smiling, I feel like it's going to be a good answer. So what was that like in terms of the reality of this thing that you had dreamt about for a long time? And then, well, going into a high school as a 23 year old was interesting at best. Yeah. Uh, I got asked to homecoming my first year teaching. <laughs> uh, wasn't that I got, I got flowers and a poster and <gasps> a bent knee in the middle of the entire gym. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah. That poor kid. Poor kid. I was like, no. You know I mean? Just not even. Like not that. even. Not even. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing? But oh. going into teaching is, I think you, you know, the way that, that colleges work and the way that, you know, they kind of teach you how to teach. You know, we were taught, we were student teaching with classes of 20, 17 to 20. Mm-hmm. My first classes at South County were 42. And that's just, you're not prepared for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, even when I went to student teaching, I did student teaching at Freedom, and I walked in on my first day, and I introduced myself to my student teacher, and he said, cool, and he handed me the clipboard, and he said, see ya. Oh, wow. And I was like, um, I was like, what do, what do I do? Like, I don't know yeah. the, I don't know the routines here. I don't know what you, like, Wow. I don't know what you do. So I feel like, again, it goes back to, like, it's all problem solving. I was like, okay, so I have 42 kids, and this is what I need to get done today, and how am I going to accomplish that? Um, I think the first three years are just a lot of like you're treading Tra- water, like on air too. it's so much failure mm. and in a good way. Cause you're learning. Yeah. But I don't know that the college really prepares you for like all of the failure that you're really going to go through and like how to actually 
come out of it. And can I, I guess? Can I ask a question about the failure? Is the failure in terms of what can you describe a little bit of what that is? Is it is it like a lesson that you had planned and it didn't go the way that you wanted it? Is it is that primarily what it is or well, is it yeah, go ahead. Tell there's me. that. There's just like the general structure of your class. There's how you, you know, communicate with kids, like learning that not every kid is going to respond to your bright and shiny energy. You know, some kids literally when they look at you with a death glare, they mean it. You know, like they just need to learning, I guess, to read the room a little bit mm-hmm. better and be more aware of like what kids needs actually are. I came up with my during my second year. I think I came up with hand hugs. Because my first year, kids would be like, I need a hug. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, I really don't like giving all these kids hugs. Like, I was like, it feels kind of. Yeah. Like, I was like, I don't know about, I don't know about this. And so I was like, hey, how about hand hugs? And so I came up with hand hugs where you give like a high five, you wrap your thumb around. And then it oh, just I became a thing it. where it was like, yeah. you know, kids would be like, I really need all these kids hugs. Can I hand hug? And they all like laugh at me. They're all like, VT. I'm like, feels good. Feels nice. <laughs> Ah, um, embrace the hand hug. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, and then, of course, it becomes a conversation. Oh, your hands are so small. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm not a big person. <laughs> like, if I would do on a good day. Yeah. But you know, just like, I think the biggest learning curve was, you know, one, it's always lessons because the lessons, the unit plans that you build in college, you don't build those when you're really teaching. I mean, you you just you don't. You have a set curriculum for the most part, and that's you know, that's the unit plan that they've built. And you have to, as a teacher, figure out basically how am I going to differentiate this for all of the kids that are in my mm-hmm. class? Like, how am I going to make sure that all of these kids can walk out the door and actually be able to apply this to what happens right next? And do you feel like, is it hard to, what's the question, is it hard to, reach everyone like is there something like I, I would think and I struggle with this myself actually so I mean I'm a later in life because I had a professional career in HR but in the teaching side and I did a lot of adult learning like training and development in the corporate world but so it's a little bit easier in, in that space where you can tell if people are in, I don't know the thing with adults it's like they're engaged or they have to be engaged because it's the thing they have to do and, and I had the same approach of like wanting to hit the room, but there's something about working with kids, at least for me, that it's, it's even, the stakes are even higher where Mm -hmm. I feel it's really important that they get something. Mm -hmm. And the idea that like, you know, you know, you can see that it's not (laughs) happening and you get that feedback that Mm -hmm. like, there's, they're, they're a hard group to really know how you're doing. So how do you, I guess the question in all that is like, how have you been able to manage that over the years or have you gotten better at saying, like psychologically, how do you get there? So you, you still show up and you still interject and you could do all the yeah. things and recognize like either it's working or it's not like, you know, how do you, um, a lot better at, again, like that whole reading the room of like being mm-hmm. able to see which kids are engaged and which kids aren't. Um, and I've been very fortunate since I've been at Centerville, I work with a group of amazing people that are all kind of like, uh, like-minded, you know, like we want kids to not just be able to memorize and regurgitate what we're telling them. We want them to be able to understand like, Okay, so when we go over our lymphatic system, right, and you learn where your lymph nodes are, you know, in your neck and in your thighs, be able to understand that down the road, if those are inflamed or if they're swollen, it's because you're fighting an infection. So we've been able to, over the last four years, develop or shift our curriculum so that it's more around like project-based learning where kids are able to collaborate with one another, think through like long-term 
mm-hmm. ways of application and that allows us to kind of move around the room and be like okay so what are we understanding what do we have questions on and kind of get that individual and like mm-hmm. specific feedback and then you get the kids who are like you know they literally they look at you and I'm like okay so and that's where I use the example of like okay so do you know where your lymph nodes are and they'll be like and you're like, okay, so they're in your neck. Good. <laughs> um, it's a little bit of faking it. You know, like yeah. you're trying to like give them a little bit of energy so that hopefully they yeah. receive it. You know, I'm being like, okay, so have you ever been sick? And have you noticed that those are swollen? Or have you ever, you know, seen, like, do you have any family members that have gone through? And every once in a while you get that like one in every 10 kid. It's like, oh yeah, like my, you know, one of my really close friends or aunts or uncles was, you know, battling something. And they're like, right. I remember you know, and it's like sometimes they're not the po- it's not a positive connection, but they're still Connected able to, to see life. that like okay, there is a connection there that you know you should be able to have moving forward. Do you find that like because you it just seems like you really enjoy it? So when you said you get up really early and you're staying up late, like when you I, I always call it the shower test, right? Like you get up and you're kind of like yeah, let's get after it today. <laughs> And so generally, is that still true? Like you still really enjoy it and you feel like they're kind of at this intersection of like purpose and being able to to be engaged in that in the way that you're working. I actually was telling my yoga kids this year that this has been my most peaceful year. Really? So far. It's um, because of Scott in your class. It's 100% because of Scott Friedman. <laughs> Mr. I hear he's really calm and quiet, really calm and quiet. I can always hear him coming down the hallway. <laughs> Was it for a couple of weeks? He drove like two minutes late, and I was like, "Scott, what are you doing?" And he's like, "It was Will Shields. It was Will's fault." And Will's like a hundred feet behind him. I'm like, "Okay, Scott." I uh, <laughs> jokingly ask people in different forums about his rep. I don't know why poor Scott, the middle child, that I'm like, "Tell me Scott's rep," and they're like, "He's loud." Like there seems to be this common theme. But he's he pretty well known. Great energy. Yeah, like he's, he's just very. I mean, both. I think the thing that I have loved about both him and Luke is that they are genuinely themselves and I think that that's a lot to say about a teenager because so many of them get so wrapped up in what everybody else thinks yeah and from what I know of both of well I guess I don't know Josh that well yet but they're just they're not afraid to be who they are and I think that like probably it's me seeing a lot of myself you know in them of like yeah. you're not afraid to show up as you are and that takes so much courage yeah especially yeah. as a teenager like and so it's like, yeah, okay, you're late, but, like, you're not trying to lie about it. You know, you're not trying to, like, hide it. You're just like, what, what the? I mean, I don't know how you hide six feet, but, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I know. There's just so much to be said about, like, just I genuinely that. being unafraid to show up as who they are. Yeah, I, it's, I appreciate that. And that's nice to hear that's <laughs> happening out in the world. You know, you don't know. You see him a certain way yourself. But we always, uh, my husband's really funny and has a great sense of humor. I mean, I... I I also, I enjoy because that's humor, but he's very quick-witted, and I think we we both, like, can laugh at ourselves. Mm-hmm. We both very, don't ever take ourselves too seriously, kind of self-deprecating, and I think even when you're with your kids and you're, like, raising your kids, you know, it, it comes up a lot. Like, you just, you don't have a lot of room difference. in this house to be taken too seriously because yeah. they're just, you. I mean, you mess up, and you're like, every, now it's like, you say something wrong, it's like, everybody jumps on you. And you just laugh at it because it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, there's something about that that I think then, yeah, they get out in the world and then hopefully they Well, know they had it modeled that like life is just not, like you're yeah. going to mess up and yeah. you got to just adapt yeah. and keep rolling with the punches. Like yeah. there is no, okay, I'm going to my room. 
to be, you know, like it's like, yeah. okay, well, mess that up. got it. Yeah. <laughs> Keep moving. Yeah, exactly. There's um, no escaping it. So for you, one of the things I like to ask people is just, you know, as you, as you've progressed through your own journey to date, when you think about like any life shaping moments or events, you know, I feel like with people and there's usually it's, it's more than one, but I, I'm interested to hear like for you, like what's one that's really made a difference or it's, it's made an impact on the way you see the world or the way that you're now teaching, right? Something that's like, I've had a lot. Yeah. I mean, my, when Luke knew me, I had uh, just transferred to Centerville High School. I was in a new school, a new role, and I was, uh, I had a one-year-old. Mm. Um, and that's a, that's, that's a, lot. a lot of things at yeah. once. Uh, yeah. So I learned a lot during that year, but I think my biggest shift point was when my daughter was born. Mm. And I think at that point, I really realized, like, I had that kind of, like, moment in the mirror. And it took probably four years. Mm-hmm. For me to like, like that moment was not like a instantaneous, like, you know, I had her, I woke up the next morning, I was ready to conquer the world. It was, you know, my daughter chose, my daughter, my daughter never slept. She's, she still doesn't. She was taking 10 minute naps at a time. Uh, like the, I'm probably years behind my <laughs> sleep. Oh no. Um, That's an important part of the health, it isn't is, it? It really is. <laughs> I've been going to bed at eight o'clock the last year. Yeah. But when she was born... Um, and really through her first year, I was like, you know, I had a great example set for me as to, you know, who I wanted to be. Like both my parents were highly competitive. My mom is extraordinarily kind, probably when, even when she shouldn't be at times, you know, she's, she's always said, she's like, just because I can do that doesn't mean I'm going to, and I'm Mm going to choose the higher, you know, the higher road. And, you know, my dad's the type of person who always shows up for family. Like, if you need him, you call and he's, he's there. There's no real questions. There's, you know, my parents were always like that. And I kind of had to take a look at myself and be like, now what example do I, you know, want to set? And there's so much that I wanted to have from my parents, but there's also so much that I wanted to, you know, add, you Mm -hmm. know, like me being the, you know, I walk around like I'm six foot five and 250 pounds, but I'm not like I'm. I'm five foot two, and when I take my shoes off, all the kids are like, felt like you shrink. I'm like, yeah, I know. You know, but yeah. time and time again, it's, well, you walk around like you're a linebacker. Or I had a girl tell me this year, one of my athletes, she goes, you walk around like you're going to fight somebody. And I was like, well, that's okay. Because that's that's the persona that I have to be sometimes, mm. you know? like. And so when my daughter was born, you know, I really had to have that moment where I was like, are you really being like the woman that you want her to grow up with? You know, like, are you really being as kind as you could be? Are you really learning as much as you could be? Or are you making excuses to not do those things? Are you, you know, really serious about being healthy? Or are you saying you are and doing the bare minimum? Like, Mm. I I don't know. I kind of like, I had a big moment where I asked myself, who do I want her to grow up with? Right, right. Having that And what example do I want her to have? And that for me was... It shifted a lot in my life about how hard was it to change and shift some of those things? Like I'm still, you still work. I'm still it. going. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think that, you know, some of the changes are a little easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the changes are, you know, I was laughing with someone the other day. I was like, you know, I've been a people pleaser for 33 years and I'm still 
you know, I was like, I'm only a year into this. <laughs> yeah. And when I look at it that way, I'm like, okay, so I went from, you know, this is 30 years to now I'm, I'm, you know, I've been practicing for two. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting better, you know, like, and it, and it's still, you know, I still have to have those like pause moments where I'm like, okay, gotta have a conversation. Like, yeah. Gotta really ask myself here, like, is this, you know, like, which direction are you kind of choosing? Like, right. You know, are you choosing comfort or are you choosing growth? And, you know, a lot of it has become unconscious at this point. Like, uh, one of my goals was that I wanted to be more grateful. Mm. You know, I was like, I have so much in my life just by waking up. You know, I was like, and that's something that I think got me through my years of sleep deprivation was (laughs) just gratitude. You know, I was like, I have a perfectly healthy kid and that in and of itself. Yeah. Um, and so I, and did you have to pretty much raise her on your own? Yes and no. Yeah. Uh, her, her dad travels a lot for work. Um, which is why I moved home for, mm-hmm. uh, or with my parents. I've yeah. lo- I've been very fortunate to have the village yeah, that I have. The support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I love that you said that idea of, is it, am I going to go with comfort or go with growth? And I think there's something about always, there, I think maybe maybe you know this given all your learnings and studies, but there's just something about the human condition around like getting to comfort, like that, mm-hmm. like you're just everything in you is sort of geared towards being comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think as you age, right, and as you get more comfortable because you have more money and you can make more, I don't know that it's almost like you then you become dependent on being comfortable. Mm-hmm. Because you've spent so much time getting to get to, comfortable. Yes. And then that, this idea. So then it requires a lot more conviction to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, I remember like, you know, like being a 20 something and sleeping on the floor anywhere, right? Like, you just don't care. And you're like, I don't just, can, can I have a, can I have a pillowcase? I don't even need a pillow. Like, and it's absurd the things that like, you know, you'll do or you'll, you'll adjust to, or you're, you know, you're just fairly malleable. Mm-hmm. And I think the more you just age, <laughs> You just, and because you're, you're working towards it too, like the mm-hmm. security or whatever those things are. So I, I love that idea of like constantly kind of checking my, do I have a, do I have an opportunity here mm-hmm. to feel that growth or to change, especially if you want to. And then it's like, and this, like, okay, am I going right to the kind of the comfortable way or what, what's like the, I also think like the kind of habitual way, right? Of yes. like Well, not that it's breaking you know, so much of like change is all in your routine. Yeah. You know, yeah. like people, I don't think that people give that enough credit that, you know, like I wanted to be more grateful and I was doing a bunch of reading because I was like, okay, how do I, yeah. how do I do this? And it was like, you put it in your routine. Like you, so every morning for, I don't, I don't do it anymore because I've gotten, it's now just part of like daily practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but every morning I would write down a list of every single thing I was grateful for. I read it in uh, Jay Shetty's book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. The monk, I... the mind of the monk. Oh, yes. I'm totally blanking on that one. We'll put it in the notes. But, um, oh, we're getting there. <laughs> but yeah, that was a that one was a big one. But it's so much of like your routine, mm-hmm. you know, and like it's hard to be consistent at things that aren't in your routine. And if they're not in your routine, then how do you really think that they'll change? Yeah, yeah. And then for you, with respect to um, because you have such great access, I'm always curious from a student perspective and like what you're seeing in that population of people. Uh, what are, what's one thing that gives you a lot of hope for our future, right? When you see them, because I think 
there's those of us that have more distance and we don't, you know, we make a lot of assumptions about kids that age mm-hmm. and in this time period, right? So I'm, I'm curious for you, like you're close to it, you see it all the day. Like, what do you see generally that gives you hope for the future? Teresa's new book, Soft Skills I Learned the Hard Way, is out and available on Amazon. She writes about many epic fails throughout her career and how she learned from them so you don't have to. This book is full of cheat codes for how you can differentiate yourself when it matters, like in interviews, trying to get a promotion, or being a first-time leader. As always, thank you, Relatable Community. We are so grateful for your support and continued listenership. As of today, we are 10,000 listeners strong. Now back to the show. I think the amount of knowledge that they possess. Like, they've had so much access to so much information. To a fault, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But their ability, like, I feel like when I was in high school, like, I didn't know what was going on in the world. Yeah. I Like, we just didn't, you know, I would have had to read the post at that point, and that was, right. <laughs> yeah, I would yeah. have had to, I'm off with my parents for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The mini you know, page, but... <laughs> did you guys have the mini page? I don't know, I might be dating myself, but the mini page was in the post, and it was like, crossword puzzles and like mm-hmm. comics and like this oh, yeah. is the only thing mm-hmm. that I ever yeah we had that yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but I think it's just I think that that like you know when it's used constructively is the second right. half of it right but I do think that they are very fortunate to be able to really know like they have the ability to see mm-hmm. the whole picture you know, and to like actually see what's going on and what decisions are being made and what's happening in the world. And I feel like that was something that we just didn't have the same access yeah, to. For sure. That I think, you know, I think a big change that's starting to shift is that we're starting to have more compassion as humanity. Mm-hmm. And I think that like information and compassion are kind of hand in hand. Like, you know, how do I understand what you're going through or what you know, my classmates are going through if I don't really have the information to understand and therefore relate yeah. to it. Like, they have the ability to have so much more empathy mm-hmm. through this information, which yeah. would breed a lot more connection and have a lot more, I guess, love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think that's true. And I think there's just, uh, I feel like, too, they are more open. Mm-hmm. They're definitely more open. And more truly, I think a lot of us say we are or (laughs) try to be, but I feel not everyone, we're all works in progress, but there's generally a a feeling of cohesion among like so many different types of people. There's so many different ways that people identify now or just there isn't just those clicks or those ways of being categorized, I want to say has changed. I know there's still some, some of it, but in terms of, that holistic view or just that openness mm-hmm. to kind of different types of people doing different things. And I think that goes back to like the, just they have more information yeah. now to yeah. see that not everything is, yeah, you know, not everything is what you're taught at the dinner table. Yeah. You know, like there's, it's, it's funny. One of my, <laughs> Josh's friends is Asian and we, his parents was so nice. They, he's been over here a lot and at another friend's house. So his parents invited us and another couple over and we all went to dinner over there. We had a great time. And afterwards, we I said something to the son about us being there. It was lovely. And he's like, yeah, you're, you're the first white people they've ever had to dinner, you know? 
And I was like, oh, I was like, that's awesome. And I was like, how did we fare? You know, and it was just, it was just great. Like we were joking about it and it, and it was not, it was just easy, right? It wasn't a thing really. It was just like, I thought it was hilarious actually. And I was like, this is great. We're representing the white people with this family. And you know, it just, you can go so many places with yeah. it, but having that perspective of mm-hmm. just being open and being able to drop that. And then from a constructive viewpoint, like when you see them, what are some of the things that you think about that, that you think there's a development opportunity with them, with the students right now? Creative problem solving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that like a lot of them, you know, they have the information or they know that something is wrong. And, and I guess I see more of like the mental health side of it. Like, cause mm-hmm. in yoga, we focus a lot on the internal, you know, and like, Yes, of course, yoga is physical and it's stretching and flexibility, but the whole point is to have a mind-body connection. Mm. In order to do that, you have to be able to know what's going on in your head and where you're holding tension and where, like, why do you feel the way that you feel and can you let it go or can you not let it go? And if so, what's next? Yeah. And I feel like we're at this point where they have all this information, but they don't necessarily know how or what to do about it. Or, and maybe it's just because they're not quite adults and so they feel like frozen, like they can't do anything yet. Or I feel like sometimes they get what I see as like a small roadblock and they're like, oh, well then I can't do it. And I'm like, yeah. there are four different ways you could do this right now. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> um, you know, it's so like, yeah. I don't know if it's just the... You know, I don't know if it's the, like, will to, like, fight to figure it out, that they're just, like, can't do it. Or if it's just the teenage brain Mm -hmm. of, like, you know, when I walk in the door, I'm going to leave my shoes right here and I'm not going to worry about it. You know, like, I I don't know if it's necessarily specific to this era. Right. But I I just feel like I see more of it where... Well, I think, too, I wonder just it's the immediate gratification. I think it's, like, they're so used to right now, right now. Mm -hmm. We were joking... I was joking last night because we were talking about some plate there. Have you heard of this Blue Zones? I just was talking with these two people last mm-hmm. night. It's, it's on Netflix. I'm now totally going to check it out. But okay. it's these Blue Zones in the world where people have a longevity and are very healthy people. And so they have done a study to understand what yeah. is it that's alike in the Blue Zones mm-hmm. or different. And we were joking about food and and I was joking I was like well why aren't we a blue zone and it was this idea of just like I'm hungry I'm gonna push a button and then the food is here I don't even have to like move I don't even have to so it's like that whole Wally the movie Wally I always joke about coming to life like where where I think like that so then when you run into a problem Mm -hmm. and you can't push a button or it's it's you gotta like Mm -hmm. this is the button you've got to like push or come at it from a different way And I agree with you. Like, I think that God, there's a lot, even as an adult, right? Just being able to like, there's alternative paths. And mm-hmm. so, okay, this isn't working. So how do I right. reframe it or change it? And I think the more we can like get in front of them to your point, like there's four different ways. <laughs> it's like choose your adventure. Like there's lots of ways to maybe get at it mm-hmm. to try to help them see it. But but it's a skill, you know, like, and I'm yeah. trying to find a way to integrate it into yoga. Like, how do you teach them to problem solve? Mm, yeah. And I, I'm not quite there yet. I'm still problem solving. Yeah. <laughs> still figuring it out. You know, but it's like, they're going to be like, that's all was it? the Duke women's head basketball coach said it best. She said, life doesn't get easier. You just get better at doing hard. 
Yeah, that's good. And that's good. When I heard that, I was like, if that is not the truth right there, like, because yeah. like, you know, we're talking about achieving comfort. It's not that, you know, college was easy and then adulthood was not easy. You just got better at, okay, now I have, I had one thing to balance in college. Now I have two or now I have three and you, over time, you get better at balancing those different things. And so it's like, you know, being a mom of three boys in, you know, a house, like that's not necessarily easier than college. I'm sure that those years were a lot harder Right. You know, but like, yes, you got to a level of comfort, but you just got better at what was presented to you. Yeah. I feel like and going the stick from... to itiveness. Like, I, if yeah. people joke, joke about that phrase, but I do think like the resilience and the. Mm-hmm. Um, and I interviewed uh, Ken Harvey from the. He was the Redskin, like, you know, okay. commanders, but he played for the NFL for 11 years. And um, I just talked to him about that, about the like, for him, it, 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 he dropped out of school, high school. And then had kind of this epiphany and decided, like, this is what he was going to be able to do and, and went back and it forged a whole path for him. But the idea of, like, work and persistence and mm-hmm. um, and the steps, like, he didn't just, even though he was a good athlete, it was like he had to go out, he had to go back and get out of high school first. Mm-hmm. Then he went to, a, you know, junior college. And then it was, like, in these iterative steps versus, like, I want to be great at yoga, like, you know, go into class and just be able to do all the poses and be able to do that. You know, it's like, let's not level jump. You have to like the Mm -hmm. intermediate and the iterative steps to get there. And I think that's what I'm trying to like integrate into my teaching is like, okay, yes, we want to be able to have a sound, you know, mind, body and soul. But like we did a whole project. I don't know if Scott told you, we did a whole project on emotions Mm. where first we had to define emotions just to see what they were. You know, and then we had to, and then they had to pick some and make their own inside out. And then they had to say why they chose those emotions that they were like their characters. Can you give me his project? No, I'm just <laughs> and then from there, like they had to make their own personality islands of like what were the things that were most important to them. And so it's like breaking down that ultimate scale that. of like, okay, this is what I'm going through. Or maybe my head is loud or, you know, like. I always describe it to them as all my tabs are open and one is refreshing and it won't load. Yeah. Like, but I got all these tabs that I have to sort through. So I was like, we're going to start defining or helping you be able to define your tabs because once you can define the tabs, you can approach them a little better with, okay, now what am I going to do about mm-hmm. it? But still trying to like, okay, yeah, I, I hear that you're going through a lot, but we got to get the Break a lot down. down to what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, is it work? Is it school? Is it your, you know, the amount of time you're spending on homework? But have you really looked at how much time you're on your phone? You know, is it familiar responsibilities? Yeah. Is it? I always think too, like, what's in your control? Mm-hmm. And I, I often find that we are everybody. So this isn't just kids. We all self-inflate. We all think we're doing more than we are, <laughs> right? We all do. It's like I know I walked ten thousand steps. I know I didn't. It's like. Nope, it's seven. You're at seven. And you're always at seven. So get on your ass and take another lap or you'll be at seven, you know? So it's like, I think this idea of like really being honest about like your, what, are you really doing that? You know, and if you want a different outcome, what do you have to do differently to get the outcome? And that was my moment over the last four years. Yeah, just, Was yeah. like every time I got into a situation, I had to ask myself like, what really is your ultimate goal here? 
mm-hmm. you know, like with lifting, it came down to yeah. something as simple as I was, I was, I was scrolling Instagram and this girl was like, I don't even know if it was meant to like load at that time, but it felt like the universe made it load and play mm-hmm. like at that time. And she was like, you're wasting sets. Like, she was like, I don't know who needs to tell you this, but you're wasting sets. And I was like, she talking to me. Like I was like, what? And so I went through this thing. I was like, the reason why, you know, you're not lifting or putting up the weight that you want to put up is because you're too scared to go out of your comfort zone to fail. Mm. And so I was like, damn, like, all right, I'm no more wasting sets. <laughs> I was like, I'm throwing it on there. I'm going to do it. Um, like, just little moments like that mm-hmm. where, like, the different facets of your life, you have to be like, okay, what do you think you're doing and what are you really doing? Yeah, what do you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's talk a little bit about soft skills um, and that may be a touch attached or aligned to what you were saying before. But I like in terms of either ones that have served you well, because I feel like you've been on a path for a while now in terms of what's helped you to be successful and to be able to stay there because we were talking about the students before. But what do you think um, has helped you differentiate yourself? So I believe that soft skills, interpersonal skills, human skills, whatever everyone, there's a debate on what we're calling them. Uh, You know, I believe that they really differentiate performance. Mm -hmm. So I believe that like you can technically have an expertise and a discipline, but that if you can't uh, augment them with a communication or influence or collaboration or, you know, pick, there's a lot of them. So for you, what do you think has been, uh, you could attribute your success to when you think about some of those skills I mean at the core it's just enjoying learning mm, but mm-hmm. I mean being honest like I'm honest when I don't understand something I'm honest when I am like talking to other people or I mean the biggest problem biggest one probably is that I'm honest if I don't understand something yeah it's a really good one not afraid to ask questions or ask follow-up questions or ask more follow-up questions like I want to yeah I'm not gonna and even when I'm asking for something I am honest about what I'm asking for or I'm transparent with you know like when the kids come into yoga they know exactly what we're doing that day there's no you know oh it's a mystery today for what like (laughs) even in practice like I keep a notebook and the girls can look in the notebook and see exactly what we're doing at practice like I, I'm try, I, transparent. I try yeah. to be very transparent, very honest about really everything to a fault. But then you know what you're going to get. You mentioned that before, which I'm interested in. Like you, you said that you're someone that like you've been able to be yourself. Like you, you've kind of you know good or bad, right? Like that's kind of been who you are. Where Recently. do you think? Oh, that's more recent. Okay, mm-hmm. so is that not always the case? I guess if I look back. Probably, because my memory is pretty unreliable. Mm. But I didn't have a ton of, like, friends. Like, my my dad was my administrator in high school, and uh-huh. that did not make me a popular kid. <laughs> um, you know, on the field hockey team, I was never one of, like, the best players. I was just there to work, and every coach I ever had was described me as scrappy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never really fit, but I've never really tried to. Like, I've just always... Done. I don't know. It's probably my parents. I mean, then your own thing. I just, yeah, I've never really, the only place I feel like I'd like, I don't even know it's fish. It's like a sense of belonging is in coaching. Mm. And that's where I think it's just being on a team and understanding that like everyone has a role and 
that role is going to change. And the competition piece of mm -hmm. like being able to perform. When you mentioned your, um, was it Leah Conti? Is that mm -hmm. her name? You mentioned her before and you said like you had pursued that opportunity. Mm -hmm. When you got there, did she like meet your expectations mm -hmm. of what, yeah. And what made her a great leader and coach, do you think? Her ability to get people to work together. Mm -hmm. Like she was able to, I guess like translate between people mm. you know like yeah if two people had a Decoder. disagreement she was always able to get them to see kind of like the middle and work together and not necessarily compromise but at least hear the other person mm -hmm. without that like emotionally charged you know there's so several times where you know, during my first few years teaching I was a mess and I would go in there and be like I don't know me I don't know she's always like like she was just always able to Break it down almost. It Break like, it down yeah. and confidently help you make the next move. And she was super supportive. You know, she'd be like, you, you did mess up with this one. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah okay. okay. You know, yeah. she's like, can't do it again. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but oh, she nice. was, had this great ability to just have people work on, a, on an efficient team. Mm, I like it. All right, and then lastly, just in terms of if you're to put your arm around young BT. Allie. <laughs> <laughs> and give her some advice. Yeah, what would you what would you tell her to make the path a little bit easier? Yeah, and it's funny, with people that have mm -hmm. kids, you could absolutely say, yeah, like if I were to put my arm, you know, for me, I don't have girls, so it's harder for me. But like even your, your daughter, right, like if you were to give her kind of a playbook or something that could make the path a little based on what you've learned so far. I think just love yourself enough to keep growing because, mm. you know, I don't, I don't tend to say the H word, but love is really the only way like forward, mm. you know, like yeah. it's the opposite, just you go in the opposite direction. Yeah. But like sure. if you love yourself enough to have boundaries, to speak your mind, to be who you are, to, you know, honor who you are and continue to grow, like life is always, is always going to be fulfilling because it'll always be full of excitement. Right. <laughs> so then in the last two years, you mentioned like, so what are you most proud of, of sort of some of the shifts and the change? Like what, if you had to pick one thing that you've been working on, what are you most proud of? I really stopped caring what everybody thought. Ah. I stopped being so afraid of like what other people might say or think. And I don't know if it's just being the first child, you know, like I felt like. Are you that the, you're the oldest? I'm the oldest. So I don't know if There's it was just that, pressure, yeah. like some of that pressure of like, okay, well I have to do this. And I was never very good in school. I was, you know, okay at sports. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I worked, I worked, but like, yeah, I think just like for whatever reason I hit my thirties and I was like, I have, you know, like I said earlier, like I'm just this cup of tea and like, I got to get over the fact that not everybody likes peppermint or not everybody likes lavender or not like, and that's okay. Like, you meet people in your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime, and you don't know in that moment, and you you don't know. Yeah. But, like, learn what you can from them while they're there, and yeah. be grateful for that experience, but continue to live. Like, and the closer you are to yourself, this is just, I try to talk a lot with kids about this, too, because I have found just the closer you are to being who, who you really are, like just that genuine person, not so much what you are, but just like how you operate in the world. Mm -hmm. If you're close to kind of your core, 
that that resonates in the world. It's and, so freeing. And, and people respond to it. It's mm-hmm. when we're, to your, I love to use the word mask before. To, yeah, mm-hmm. when you put on the different masks or you're trying, you think you're doing a thing because it's going to get you a thing or you're trying to adapt right. to something else. That's when it all falls apart. Mm-hmm. So the closer you can be and have, like you said, the courage to just kind of be that person. Mm-hmm. So that's great. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for doing this. I hope you enjoyed <laughs> thank it. Thank you for having I me. Know, it's been great. It's like been a pleasure to get to know you too yeah, and like talk too. to you. But um, I just feel like such great insight and an interesting path and journey too. It's been cool. I really <laughs> want to come. I want to come to the yoga class. I'm just thinking in my mind. I'm like, we got to get you down at Wheelhouse and have you do like a adult version of your whole like program that you do with students. I'm making it as I go. Yeah. So. Thanks, Coach BT. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Your infectious energy and genuine love of teaching and developing students is inspiring. Other highlights for me included hearing about the value of the mind and body connection and the importance of gratitude and honesty. Thank you to Missy for producing this episode and to Hannah for your support. A big thank you to our relatable community. If you enjoyed this conversation, please take a moment and subscribe and rate us on your favorite streaming platform. Relatable is sponsored by TFA Soft Skills, and you can find more information about Relatable and our sponsor by visiting tfasoftskills.com. Until next time, this is Teresa Freeman with Relatable. Stay connected.